Hello and welcome to another episode of PSHE Talks. I'm Sam Harvey and I'm joined here today by Jenny Fox, one of our senior subject specialists at the association, and Melindy Myers, economist and deputy agent at the Bank of England. Hello both of you, thanks for joining me. Hello. Hello. So, keeping the E in PSHE, who says we can't come up with a pithy title? And in PSHE education, the E stands for economic well-being. Sadly, people often assume the E at the end of our acronym stands for education. And so the economic strand gets left out. But we're here today, hopefully, to help raise awareness and put it back in. So Jenny, perhaps you'd like to give us some background as a senior subject specialist as to what we mean in PSHE when we're talking about economic well-being. Yes, yeah, so economic well-being is a crucial part of PSHE education that, and it's the part that helps young people to understand how to make financial choices, how to build their aspirations for their careers, how to consider their financial decisions, affect other people. It can be about moral and social dilemmas um, affecting money. So there's quite a wide range of skills and content to explore in economic well-being, um, but essentially it's about helping them to become financially healthy for the rest of their lives, prepare them for adult life, and to think about the impact that their financial decisions have on the rest of society. That's great. Thanks, Jenny. And it's so interesting, whenever we talk to new people who maybe aren't familiar with the subject, one of the things they always mention is how they wish someone would have spoken to them at school about managing their finances. And that's just anecdotally, uh, but in his letter to the Department for Education, Andy Haldane, Chief Economist at the Bank of England, talks about this widespread concern that schools are not equipping pupils with the life skills and knowledge that they need to understand the economy and its impact on their lives and decisions. And Andy does go into more detail and quote some statistics around this point, so I'll link the letter in the description so uh, listeners can have a look if they're interested. But economic education is one of the best examples we have, I think, of imparting practical life skills that everyone can benefit from. And uh, Melindy, why is it important to learn about the economy and making financial decisions when young people are at school? Well, um, economic decision making affects us all the time, almost from the day we're born. So when we're born or when we're little, we might be given a little bit of money or savings and we can then decide how we use that, that money. Do we save it or do we spend it? Um, when we buy chocolate or crisps from the shop, the prices are going up. How much can we buy with our 50p? So that's kind of at the basic level. But as we grow up, you're making decisions all the time about how you use your time versus your money. What kind of career choices are you going to make? Are you going to rent houses or buy a house? Um, you know, all those sorts of things. And I think the survey you've done, which shows that 80% of people think economics is relevant to their day-to-day -day life, but a much smaller proportion feel able to engage with economics shows that there's a gap there that we need to try and fill. And economics isn't just about money. It's also about if you can understand your economic decision-making, it alleviates stress and worry. Mm. So a lot of people worry about debt and where they're going to get their money from, etc. So I think... Feeling more in control about your economic decision-making can also have knock-on effects into your mental health. That's a really important point. And, of course, in PSHE, we're recognising that there are real people behind the money. Um, often people kind of assume that this aspect is, is covered in economics, but that's just not the case. Um, so, just to add, I mean, to me, some people think of economics as being very technical, very mathematical, very inaccessible. But to me, it's really about common sense throughout your day-to-day -day life. 
So do you go for a more expensive, higher quality product or a cheaper, lower quality product? You know, those decisions you're making all the time from when you wake up till you go to sleep. Sure. Um, so it's, it's very much in people's lives and it doesn't have to be very technical and difficult. Of course. And what could the impact be of having a society that's not economically literate? Well, I mentioned about you know mental health and, and feeling in control of your life at one end, but also um, I think recently we've seen quite a lot of demonstration that if people aren't economically and financially literate, they find it very difficult to access public debate, mm. civic responsibility. When you go to the polls to vote, most of the policy recommendations around the economy, economics, money, if you can't understand some of that, how can you choose which is the right party to vote for or the right policies how can you decide what career you're going to enjoy um, you know all those sorts of things can have quite big um, lasting impacts on on our lives and and also socio-economic frameworks are very important so you know the number of homeless people we have on the streets the levels of crime um, all of those things relate mm. to economics and money and if you've got enough money or not enough money um, so, you know, there's the individual well-being, but there's also this kind of social fab fabric and, and kind of integration is also linked to economics. Sure. And um, we've heard why this is so important, Jenny. Uh, why do you think it might be that we're seeing more teachers who don't feel confident addressing these issues in the classroom? Um, I have to say for myself as a teacher, actually, this was one of the areas that I worried a little bit more about when I was delivering PSHE. And it was something that I felt I had to research a lot more. And I think it is because there's that myth or preconception that it has to be very technical and very mathematical. Mm. Um, and of course, teachers themselves probably didn't get this education when they were in school. We see um, a huge amount of people saying this is something I wish I'd been taught. And so they don't necessarily feel as equipped or as informed as they should or could do to be talking to young people mm. and perhaps giving advice about their financial choices. Um, that's one of the reasons why we've created this top tips document for um, teaching about economic well-being. They're really straightforward, really practical tips that can be used straight away in the classroom, but can also help teachers think a bit wider about how to bring in expertise from others. Um, so, for example, there's lots of resources on the Bank of England's education site that can support teachers who are maybe feeling a bit less confident around, for example, things like calculating interest and calculating inflation. It's, it's sort of fun, interactive online tool that can be used with young people, but also about using the expertise that's already in your school. You might have people in your finance department or in your maths department who could support and add to what you're delivering in economic well-being. So it doesn't all have to be strictly about um, content and knowledge and numbers it is also about making those ethical decisions mm. and about how money affects individuals on a kind of personal level and what influences their choices around whether to buy a pair of trainers it's not just the price it's also things like what their peers think about it or who they're trying to impress or who they've been marketed um, from so there's a whole range of other aspects that go into making a financial decision other than just the kind of pure mathematical calculation side of it and that's what PSHE is really exploring. It's great and I think that kind of explores how it fits into the bigger picture as well of PSHE so I think Melinda you mentioned earlier about how you know primarily when we're thinking about economics we're thinking about money and people's decision making around money but it's this bigger picture of how it actually affects the individual once they're making those choices about money. And I think we need to make the point about technology as well. 
uh, and how that influences the way we use money, the way we make transactions online, etc. I think the majority of young people in school today probably won't be writing checks, for instance, yeah. whereas their parents' generation were you know, writing checks regularly to pay for bills. Yeah. But one thing they do have now is the internet and kind of app-based mobile banking, yeah. particularly for the secondary school pupils that might have uh, bank accounts. Do you kind of see... Um, how technology is changing the way that people use their money and influencing their decisions. Oh, yeah, so the bank um, have got some data on the level of cash used and it's really come down. In fact, it's come down in the UK in one of the fastest of all the advanced economies. Um, and that has very big implications. Um, you know, that's mainly because of technology. So you can do contactless or you use your phone for payment, whatever. But that kind of reinforces the need for economic understanding and feeling in control of your finances. Because when you pay for something with contactless or your phone, you're not transacting mm. in cash. So you can easily spend more than you've got in your pocket or your yeah. bank account. So, you know, being aware of that and thinking about your balance, your bank balance or your buffer, your cash buffer is really important when we've got technology and it feels so removed from our own personal financial situation. Um, but also the decline of cash is having quite a big impact on people at the margins of, sort of so society or the economy. So people who do transact a lot in cash are going to get more and more squeezed and some shops will stop accepting cash. So the switch between hard cash and technology is a really big issue in terms of the economy, um, for sure. And as you say, a lot of young people probably won't carry much cash yeah, going of forward. So the way we conduct our transactions is definitely it's, changing. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because the technology yeah. allows people to maybe keep an eye on what they're spending. Yes, uh, yeah. mm. But equally, mm. when it comes to things like uh, online shopping and gambling, there really is this context of instant gratification. Yeah. You know, the money's there. And if you've got an overdraft, the money's there as well. So you can yeah. kind of see how people get themselves into trouble, which but is why it's right so important. That, um, through technology, you can keep tabs on it much yeah. more easily. You don't have to go to a bank branch and get a statement. You can just check. On which makes such a difference yeah, as well. You're right. And um, how does economic well-being, Jenny, uh, relate to other aspects of the PSHE curriculum, like more broadly? Yeah, I mean, I think primarily within all aspects of the PSHE curriculum, what we're mostly doing is developing skills. Of course, there's lots of different knowledge content from what the different core themes, but the kind of skills that we're developing in economic well-being around decision-making, around risk assessment, around negotiation and teamwork when we're thinking about careers, has such an impact on all of the things that you'd learn across PSHE, and they're such important skills for young people to develop. So whether it's making a decision about whether to try a drug for the first time, or the benefits of exercise and healthy diet, or whether what you're going to spend your money on at the weekend, those kind of risk assessments and decision-making are the same skills in all of those contexts. Um, there are some other kind of really strong links. So I think we already mentioned earlier that if you're worried about debt or you're worried about money and where it's coming from, that can have a massive impact on an individual in terms of their mental health and in terms of how they feel as part of the rest of society. Just to add, the other area that it's important in is, um, particularly in terms of gender, um, being an earner and having your own money gives you a lot of decision-making power. And if you don't have your own income or you don't have a good balance in a relationship, it can feel 
that you don't have any influence in decision making. Sure. So, um, you know, money and decision making and mental health and having balance in relationships are all connected. Yeah, there's Absolutely. a psychology kind of underpinning a lot of these decisions around money. Mm. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done in PSHE education around raising aspirations yeah. for all young people from all different types of backgrounds, um, but mm. particularly around maybe challenging ge- uh, gender stereotypes around the types of work. It's, young it's very empowering, isn't it, to kind of teach people how to manage their own money? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Is people using money as a means to achieve something mm. rather than mm. kind of just chasing it as, you know, <laughs> yeah. as ambition, as, you know, be, wanting to earn lots of money? If people yeah. can kind of be realistic about what they want to achieve yes. um, yeah. in their lives and what their goals are, and then if we can help them to put a strategy in place using money to achieve that, then that's mm. a really positive thing. And hopefully it gives people a help, healthy respect for, for money and what money is. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in this relationship with the Bank of England and what the Bank of England are currently doing to support teachers to deliver high quality uh, economic well-being lessons. Mm. Is there any kind of background that you can give on that, Melindy? So um, I think the Bank of England have been working with different organisations, so including you um, and I think the Economist Education Foundation, um, to develop materials that teachers can pick up or indeed students can pick up and, and look at and learn from. Um, so they've got a really good video um, about flows around the economy. As you mentioned, Jenny, they've oh, got little we'll, we'll link that in the description as well, so yeah. listeners can, can check it's it out. It's very accessible. Um, as you said, they've got little clips on inflation and um, interest rates and things like that. So lots of little visual things that are really good. Um, the, there's also Bank of England Museum, which I think school trips can go to, and that's you know gives you a flavour of money and liquidity around the economy and I think the bank very much realized that um, a lot of the hiccups in the economy and uh, the political systems are all come down to financial and economic understanding so the bank are very keen to get citizens to be engaged in in the economy and for it not to just be kind of ivory tower stuff Um, so yeah and that's such a key point so maybe other people who who aren't really good with numbers or you know economics themselves mm. might feel like it doesn't really apply to them but mm. they're still going to be using money in their day-to-day life so it's really important that they have mm. purchase on those skills yeah. and have you been involved yourself in delivering to schools or talking yes. to young people yes so That's great. um we have a team at the bank of england um that does talks to schools i think it's part of a wider national thing called speakers for schools um so I've been to quite a few schools maybe 10 or so more in the southwest um and I usually speak to six formers but I've also spoken to year eights um and I'd really like to speak to some year five and sixes as well um because as I said at the start e- economics is sort of in our lives morning till night from the day we're born to the day we die so it's all around us all the time um it's just pointing that out and sure. recognizing it and, and what kind of things do you speak to them about what do you find to be effective when you're talking to so them? So there's usually three different options. One is what's going on in the economy generally. The other is about what the Bank of England does. And then the third one is how I came to do economics, why I enjoy it, um, why I would recommend it. Um, so those sort of three broad themes. Um, but I've also got a couple of activities I sometimes do with them or a video um, uh, sometimes we have a kind of Q&A discussion type of thing. 
Yeah. So mm. I, I try and keep it open so I can go where the students want to take it. Because um, talking for half an hour about the Bank of England might seem a bit dry. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas talking about their favourite chocolate bar is maybe more accessible. That's great. And that really kind of echoes you know, what we say in PSHE about letting the young people direct the learning with their questions, kind of figuring out what yeah. they're going to be the most interested in. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of meeting the young people where they are in terms of their level of understanding and trying to think of relatable and relevant examples that are going to affect a young person's life in the same way that it might affect an adult's or sort of going into the future of Mm. wider society. So something that I often say to students is, um, you know, often we're thinking about your working life, you're trading off uh, salary with job satisfaction. Um, and so to my mind I didn't want to go into banking because I'd rather have more job satisfaction a bit less money but Mm. I'm very comfortable financially Um, whereas other people just want money and less job satisfaction and that's each each individual's choice so as you go in through school and into your future life you need to think about your values and what Mm. interests you and engages you because especially young people now, they're going to be working for about 60 years. So that's a long time. So you need to think carefully about what your priorities are, what your goals are, yeah. what your interests are. And again, it comes back to kind of balance in your life. If you don't have balance, it's not sustainable. You can't keep going, working 20 hours a day, even if you're earning a lot of money. At some Equally, if you're doing a very boring job, that's not sustainable either. So it's about thinking about balance as you go into your course, career yeah. it's a really important connection to make between um the economic well-being and careers and obviously careers plays a big part in pshe and kind of when we're thinking about uh, futures towards the end of key stage four is there anything jenny that you can comment on on that yeah absolutely um so of course one of the things that Um, about the new statutory guidance from the Department for Education is that it focuses mostly on relationships in sex education and health education. And so there is a concern at the moment um, that economic well-being and particularly the careers may be sort of left aside slightly by schools. However, of course, we do have the careers strategy from 2017, which says that schools should be providing not just opportunities to meet employers or to, to experience workplaces or look at higher education facilities, it also says that there should be a stable careers curriculum in place. So we can't see any other place for that, of course, than within PSHE education where it's traditionally been set. Um, One of the things we noticed also about the changes to the um, draft and final versions of the Department for Education's guidance was an inclusion of gambling. That's primarily and traditionally been seen as a financial problem so it's always come under part of economic well-being which is where it is in our program of study for example at the moment in living in the wider world but actually more and more we're beginning to see addiction as a Mm. public health issue and therefore gambling has also been subsumed under aspects of the health education um, part so again it's just emphasizing this point that PSHE is so interlinked and all of the topics are so interconnected that it's not easy to have these clear-cut divisions no, around what it's, should it's not be taught. either, is it, in, in some ways? I mean, gambling is kind of an extension of that decision-making process, sure. isn't it? So do I buy a pair of very expensive fancy white trainers or shall I save my money and use it for something a bit more useful? 
I mean, gambling is obviously an extreme, but <laughs> you're making a choice of whether to put your money into some chance Definitely. arrangement or go for something more concrete and useful. Um, and I think advertising has a real role to play with that. It kind of struck me when you were talking yeah. about the big white trainers with the all this online time that younger people are spending now. There's just so much potential for them to be uh, kind of hit by adverts. Yeah. Yes, all, all these yeah. different things that they can buy and consume. It's such a corporatized mm. world that having that discipline instilled in, into them of how to manage their money, or not even mm. discipline, more, more kind of the skill set, isn't it, of how to manage your money. Mm. Um, it's so important because it helps them look at those decisions that they're actually making and thinking, oh, is this a good you know, sound financial decision. Yeah. My heart yes. is telling me, yes, you know, I want these trainers, mm. but mm. maybe I don't have the money to get these now. I can save up another few months. Yes. It's, it's at a very fundamental level, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and just kind of thinking about kind of quick tips that we can give to people around managing, or give to young people specifically, around managing their own economic well-being. Mm. Are there any, if you just kind of think of three tips or so, what would they be? Um... So first of all, try and set up a savings account of some sort and check the interest rate on your savings account. It needs to be decent. Um, so that you've got somewhere to keep your money because if you keep it in your pocket, you're quite likely to just spend it on sweets and then you'll have nothing to show for your money the next day. <laughs> so think about saving. Um, think about the value and the, the, the enjoyment you're going to get from what you're buying. So do you want to go for an £80 pair of trainers or could you go for a... £40 pair of trainers and keep £40 back for something else. So think about um, the enjoyment you're going to get from the thing versus postponing uh, spending for another day. Um, and then I think the other third thing would be um, if you're at school, it's worth getting a little job if you can because something that spurred me on through my exams when it was horrible and revising stuff it was I had a really boring job <laughs> and it wasn't paid very much and I thought I really need to do well so that I don't have to do this for the rest of my life so you know money is making you think about your life when you're 14 16 so um, when you've got five pounds in your hand just think okay what am I going to do with this how have I earned this do I want to spend my two hours stacking shelves on a cinema ticket? That sort of sure. trade-off. I think getting a job really just kind of <coughs> teaches you that value of money, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. At a young age. That's great. Well, I think that's all we have time for. But if there are any questions, please feel free to email in. You can download the top tips for teaching about economic well-being in PSHE Education from our website. Uh, it's also available on the Bank of England's website. And uh, see you next time.